everyone, and welcome back to Books with Spice, please. I'm Al. And I'm Katie. And in this week's episode, we're going to be discussing and reviewing Take a Hit, Danny Brown by Talia Hibbert. We picked this book because it's next in the series. Mm-hmm. And if you recall, we did the first book last season, and that one is Get a Life, Danny Brown. Nope. Get a Life, Chloe Brown. <laughs> so yes, it is part of a series, and... There's three books in the series. This is the second one. I believe all can be read as a standalone, though. Yeah, you d- they definitely could. You have Chloe and Redford in this book. Yeah, they make brief appearances. But... So that's pretty cool. Yeah, but you don't like need to know their story to know that they're a couple. And you just see the cute after parts of their relationship, which was really fun. Yeah, I loved getting a little glimpse of them again. It was really cool. So remember, we are an 18 plus podcast. So the content warnings for this one is anxiety and the death of a close family member that happens off page. And I thought that those topics weren't like talked, like they're not talked to to death. Yeah, they give like the story of how those family members die. And then like the anxiety I thought was covered really beautifully. I loved it. Like there are points where the way that the characters deal with anxiety and how the characters responded to anxiety in this book was written really beautifully. And it was done in such a way that I actually ended up crying a little bit at a certain point or two. So I, I don't know, everyone's different, but I personally really connected with this book and that aspect of how anxiety was talked about yeah I thought it was a really realistic view of someone who can struggle with similar you know these things and I feel like you and I are both like good people that are able to talk about it because we both have been diagnosed with general and social well I've been diagnosed with both general and social anxiety disorder and whatnot so You've been diagnosed with general anxiety disorder, so it was, I don't know, it was really cool. Yeah, I thought this book was great, just overall. There's so many, you know, both characters dealt with anxiety, and I thought that was really awesome how they supported each other through it. So let's talk about our characters. You want to tell us about Danny? Yes, Danny is our main female character. She's absolutely brilliant professor working towards her PhD. She doesn't care to have a romantic love life and puts all of herself into her work. You might say she is a bit of a workaholic and she is super funny. She's super witty. I love her. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I loved her spirit. And then Sasha is Danny's best friend. She also works at the school, right? Is that how you say her name in the audiobook? Because I read it as Sorcha. Oh, yeah, it was Sasha in the audiobook. I'm pretty sure. Oh, interesting. Yeah, Danny's best friend. And both of them are witchy. So that was really cool because, hello, we're both witchy. (laughs) I know. And I love that Danny had so many plants. Incredible. She's always buying plants. plants. Like she she loved plants and then by the end of it she was just buying plants obsessively. It was great. And then we have Zach, who is our main male character and love interest of the story. He works at the same university Danny does as a security guard. He actually directly works on the same building that she does, so they see each other quite a bit. And he coaches a teen boys rugby team. He's also quite into romance novels. I have read a few books where the main character, main male character is, or one of the, you know, love interest reads no romance novels. And it it always cracks me up because they are so cute and sappy and they're always like that kind of doughy character. 
I think honestly, if a man reads a romance novel, makes him a better man. <laughs> it does. And so with that, we're gonna get into it. So from here on out, it's spoiler time. Oh yeah, did we forget our spoiler warning? Maybe, yeah. You need <laughs> to did. remember you need to remember we'll just our, right uh, into it. Our music. <laughs> there we go. All right. Let's now that you know those parts of the story and the characters, let's get on to some more. At the beginning of the story, it starts out with Danny and Sasha practicing witchcraft under the full moon. And here's the opening line. The moon was high and full. The night was ripe for witchy business. And Danica Brown had honey on her tit. Oh my god. I fucking love opening lines that are that good. That was amazing. <laughs> I know, It grabbed me right away. From that line alone, you know that she's doing witchy stuff and it's the full moon and I was like oh my gosh and the moon was coming up soon when I was reading this and it is right now and so I just it's been really kind of fun and I've been kind of away from witchy stuff lately so I feel a little bit closer to it now after reading this and feeling so I loved it so yeah Danny is using this full moon to use her intentions to request a new sex buddy her previous girlfriend, Joe, had recently dumped her, though she points out to Sorsha, I'm going to say Sorsha, and <laughs> you can say Sasha, because I can't get it out of my hand. Like, I don't know. The way it's spelled in the book is Sorsha. Yeah. But anyway. And you wrote it out, Sorsha, uh, so many times. I, yeah, so it's just stuck in my head. So I'm just going <laughs> to write Sorsha, or keep reading Sorsha, or saying yeah. Sorsha. Anyway, Sorsha points out, who doesn't really listen to Danny is that they weren't actually together. And that's just the prologue. Yeah. And we're five months later. And Danny is still waiting for a sign from Oshuna, the goddess of love, beauty, and abundance for her new sex buddy. And she and Sasha are talking about Zafir, also known as Zaf, Ansari, and how gorgeous he is. They said, Zaf, gorgeous as he may be, is not an option. I'm waiting for a sign, she reminded Sasha. I'll just wank to the thoughts of his beard until my perfect fuck buddy materializes. <laughs> yeah, they're getting coffee while this conversation is happening and the man, there's a man that pr- approaches them trying to hit on her and she was so good at turning him down. And this is how she responds when he tried using a pickup line. I quote, Danny shook her head sadly and turned to Sorsha. Do you think this ever works? It must, mustn't it, for them to continue. (laughs) It was so good. He just, like, left after that. I know. She was so witty on her feet. Like, she told everyone what she thought. Mm Mm-hmm. I loved it. Then we kind of jump into Saf's point of view. I liked that. So, in I listened to the audiobook. It was one narrator for the whole book. So listening to it it honestly sounded like Bridgerton and like their accents and everything and the way that this book was written and stuff like that it sounds like Bridgerton when she it's like and they're in third person so it it was sexy that's really cool I'm glad it was able to like seamlessly go it sounds like between the different narratives because we had and the book it's written and it's not like expressly stated that it's their point of view. You can just tell that it's their point of view when when reading it. Yeah, it's like that third person. Yeah. 
but we end up in Zap's point of view and he's listening to a romance novel at work and the characters are introduced so well in this book yeah, so we had to turn his audiobook off because it was getting steamy. And Danny stops by his desk and brought him a coffee. And he notices her hair is pink and starts thinking about the other colors he's seen her hair and how it was red the first time he saw her. And immediately realizes he should probably stop remembering her hair colors. And so we learn that he gives her like a protein bar to make sure she eats something every morning. And they've got this cute little work routine and she's been masturbating to the thought of him (laughs) (laughs) denny tells zaf about the guy on her and asked her for dinner at the coffee shop and he says hope you told him to get fucked (laughs) (laughs) it's so good like there's so much bad language in this book like it's not bad language but he says fuck a lot (laughs) He does. He's got a filthy mouth. <laughs> and his accent seems like that red-haired girl from Game of Thrones who was, like, dating Jon Snow. Like I don't that. know. I didn't get that far into James, or that far into Game of Thrones. Oh, well, she's, it's like, nah. Like, <laughs> I can't The book is very I, British. And you can it, tell it comes through with the writing. I love it. I love the accent that, that she used. Because I remember that in Get a Life, Chloe Brown, that it was the same audiobook narrator. And she did such a good job with those character voices, too. And the difference between Redford's voice and Zaf's voice was so good. Like, because they're completely different. And they're both so sexy. So, I love yeah. That. Hope you told them to get fucked. Like, I just, I don't know how to say it. I can't. <laughs> it's yeah this whole book is super quotable but his audiobook starts playing out loud in front of danny on accident because he's like trying to put his stuff into his pocket or something and it's the steamy part that he had to stop listening to and she gives him a hard time about what he's listening to porn and it was super cute and she leaves him to go back you know to go to work yeah danny Later on, after her class is over, is going over her confirmation email that she received to speak on a panel with one of her role models, Inez Holly. She's extremely nervous and excited to meet her hero. And here's a quote describing exactly who Inez Holly is. You know, one of fewer than 30 Black female professors in the United Kingdom, the woman who made feminist literary theory her bitch, Danny's internal Beyonce-level idol, etc., etc., so it's like, it's just very important to her. This woman is just an icon in her world. So her class had ended, like I said, and she's in the elevator on her way out when it stops and an alarm goes off. She starts to freak out because she works in the science building. So what if it's like a toxic gas being released in the air or something? She's screaming for help. Even though this whole thing was a planned, the drill was planned, and she apparently didn't get the memo, Zaf came and cried the door open and scooped her up like she was his bride and saved her even though there was nothing really to be safe from yeah it was so cute like she's screaming and then she's like maybe i shouldn't scream because there could be toxic gas (laughs) and then she stopped screaming and then she like tried to pry the door open and it didn't work and then zaf comes over and he's like an ex 
well, we don't know at this point in the story, but he's like an ex rugby player, so he's like all strong and muscular, and he like pulled the doors open and like picks her up, and she's like, oh wow. <laughs> yeah when he comes out of the building he's like holding her and they're kind of having this moment together being so close together for the first time and everyone knows this is a drill he's been reminding them that it's a drill very seriously (laughs) at this point because he's the security officer guy this is his job he has to do the drills and he takes his job very seriously which i thought was so cute and so he's carrying her out of the building and People start taking pictures. So later that day, Eve Brown calls Danny and tells her all about their video that's trending on Twitter. And it's the video of Zaf rescuing Danny. And the hashtag is Dr. Rug Bay. Oh, that's not what it sounds like in the in the audiobook. It in the audiobook, it literally just sounds like Dr. Rugby. Oh, really? Because they I'm fairly certain in the book they changed the spelling to Rug Bay. Yeah, but that's maybe so it's the cute. accent. I don't know. Maybe. Hmm. That's cute. Yeah, well, the hashtag Dr. Rugby was trending <laughs> with their video. And this is how Danny discovers that Zath used to play professional rugby. She had no idea that he had done that before. And Zaf is worried that if she sees the video, Danny will think he's obsessed with her or in love with her or something. Because in the video, he's looking at her with moony eyes. Because <laughs> he's had a crush on her for so long. It's mm-hmm. so cute. I know. <sighs> he figures out that it was his niece, Fatima, who uploaded the video. And he is really mad. Because <laughs> Fatima is in danny's class so she is like around school and stuff i think she's a freshman yeah she's like only 18 or 19 Mm -hmm. he tells fatima's mom his sister-in-law kieran now people will pay attention and you'll finally get it off the ground only child of mine could be so clever that's what she tells him yeah about her her daughter yeah getting helping him with his (laughs) rugby business she's just so proud of her child (laughs) being so resourceful Mm mm-hmm But after that, he has a thought to himself that was really inspirational. And it's this quote. It goes, in life, there are always lines, good or bad. You just had to figure them out and stick to the winning play. Stay on track. So true. So true. And then Zach received an email from Nottingham Post telling him that they plan to run a story on Zach and Danny. And they were hoping that the couple would comment. And they plan on mentioning all the good that he's doing with his company, Tacklet, as well, which is a company that he has started to kind of coach boys with rugby and talk about toxic masculinity and how it's okay to feel feelings and deal with mental health. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. And you can really tell that he values that mm-hmm. practice. He's, he's very much into his his company and the the goals that he's trying to make or trying to reach with it. Yeah. And he's really open about his struggles with his feelings with like the boys and stuff. Mm -hmm. And he's really serious about the work that he does helping kids with their feelings, which is really cool. Yeah. We definitely could use some programs like that in real life. And I'd like to know actually if there's anything that, is similar to that like in our local community because that would be really cool Mm -hmm. anyways meanwhile we're in danny's point of view and zaf is doing everything he can to avoid her and barely has talked with her since the video 
She finally confronts him about it, and he tells her that he needed to take to uh, you know, think about some things. And then, of all the things she decides to ask him, it was why he reads romance, and this was his response. I quote: Zaf looked at her as if she'd asked him if milk came from fish for the romance, <laughs> and then he proceeds to proceeds to say that. People liking each other and talking about their feelings and living happily ever after is why he reads. And he points out that she wouldn't question his reading choices if it were thrillers that he were reading instead of romance. So Mm -hmm. Danny just really can't wrap her head around the fact that this man who believes in romance and happily ever after is supposed to be her perfect fuck buddy. Because she doesn't quite share those same beliefs. And Danny lets Raph know that she spoke with her supervisor about the video, and she's not bothered at all about what she called her supervisor called internet gossip. And she tells Zaf that she doesn't mind it either, especially since it's helping with him and tackle it. And that's when Zaf asks her if maybe maybe they continue their their little charade and let people think that they were really together. And that's when you find out that it's a fake dating book. <laughs> yeah, which normally I feel like I don't know they have to be done really well for me to like you know because we did the written in the stars last season and that's fake dating but I wasn't really thrilled with it you know yep and then there was electric idol and that was fake dating we talked about that last <laughs> week <laughs> um but this one didn't feel like fake dating for some reason yeah, but I feel like it's because the characters were more into each other from the get-go than they wanted to let on. Yeah, like, the other two characters both didn't really know each other. There was no chemistry until they were forced to, into that situation. But, mm-hmm. like, Danny and Zaf had known each other. Both of them had known each other for, like, six months, like, five months. And they have a bit of, they've got their routine. They've got a history and now they're like, okay, we're friends and we'll do this fake dating thing. Yeah, this background definitely helped, I think, make the fake dating not just bearable because it was, it was, it was great. I loved it. Yeah. But anyways. They discuss his idea more and she lets him know that she is not currently in a relationship, but she doesn't, and I quote, do the commitment thing ever. And Zaf is a bit disappointed, but he knows who Danny is and he knows that she's bisexual and has a lot of like flings and stuff like that. Like she's just a very open sexual person and he's never really done that before. But Danica agrees that it's a smart plan to help market his business and her grandmother used to fake date for publicity all the time. Yeah, I sort of need a story about Gigi in her younger years because she sounds like a huge just between the interactions we had with her in Chloe Brown and this one. Yeah, her their grandmother was a great background character who was consistent throughout both of the stories at the end. Like, you hear about their grandmother throughout the story and then at the end, they go see their grandmother, you know? Yeah. I, I liked that continuity. I thought that was cool. But yeah, she says that her grandma used to fake date for publicity all the time. And then she says, I quote, she closed the space between them, her hands sliding over his shoulders and her tits. Holy fuck. 
her tits <laughs> pressing firmly against his chest, so soft and ripe and full, he felt like he might pass out. The blood rushed to his cock so fucking fast it left him dizzy. <laughs> and then it goes on to say, her hand cupped his face and he was decimated. She looked at him with those eyes, those fucking eyes. It felt like that moment in an apocalyptic film when the nuclear bomb drops. He is so dramatic. He's a little dramatic. Oh, I fucking love him though. <laughs> I loved it too. He's so cute and sweet. He's just got such big feelings. He does. It's so cute. Finally, this last quote. Zeph made the only sensible choice and he kissed the life out of Danica Brown. <laughs> so after their kiss, Danny tells him that it was fun. And he starts to apologize and says, sorry, by the way, about her. And before he can complete his sentence, she says, I quote, stabbing me in the stomach with your massive cock. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And later that night, Zaf has a hard time sleeping. He has a hard time sleeping in general, but he can't stop thinking about Danny. And he'd already dirt off twice. And he's worried that it was a healthy for a 31-year-old man to do. So <laughs> he starts texting Danny because she's up late working. And he thinks to himself that even though he doesn't practice his religion, and that's where we find out that he's a Muslim, he grew up thinking that sex meant something and he still believed that. He doesn't think he'd be capable of casual sex. In mm -hmm. Danny's perspective, she's thinking about how the men in her life would complain about her working habits and ask rude questions, like if her degrees would marry her and love her when they got sick of waiting for her to come to bed. So it's kind of a big moment there where she's realizing, oh, wait, this guy's like not judging me for being up late working and he's being kind of funny. <laughs> but yeah. He so, kept her good company. And then it's another day they're pretending, quote unquote, pretending to be in love in the cafeteria at the university. And Danny texts Zaf while they're sitting right next to each other and says maybe he should feed her noodles to be cute and romantic in front of everybody because their phones are out and they're trying to discreetly film Zaf and Danny. And, <laughs> and spoiler, it was not cute. The bean sprouts that he was trying to feed her touched the back of Danny's throat and she ended up spitting her mouth full of food onto his lap. Everyone was watching and then tweeted about the moment and one person said this is why I love them. They really seem real AF. <laughs> he gives her a hard time. He's like you vomited on me and she's like I didn't vomit on you. It was just the food in my mouth. <laughs> yeah they're so cute. <laughs> Real AF. <laughs> Anyways, another day, another lunch date is made, and Danny is really late, so Zaf decides that he can't waste an opportunity to show off his romance for the publicity. So he decides to go search for her, and turns out she had fallen asleep in the library, and he was very gentle about waking her up. Here's a quote. He was holding her neck. He was holding her neck. His palm cradled the line of her spine, and his thumb stroked the side of her throat, and her clit ached in time with every slow sweep. Danny was just absolutely in awe of Zaf's reaction to her missing lunch. And I quote, for a moment, all she could do was stare. He'd thought she'd forgotten him because she was busy with work. And instead of throwing a righteous fit, he'd brought lunch to her. So that was another huge, like, eye-opening moment about who Zaf was as a person for Danny. 
Yeah, it was really cute. She wasn't sure how to take it because, like, she's never really been treated like that before. No, she's really used to the past, like, lovers in her life being jealous of her work, basically. Yeah, so she's chalking it all up to him trying to advertise for the hashtag. Yeah. And that's how they psych each other out of not falling in love supposedly or admitting yeah admitting their feelings for each other sooner and then um while eating together she decided that being in public when they were supposed to act lovey would be just the perfect time to push the subject to sex and just claim to be faking it if she needed to so she tells him i quote too much bad discussion could tip me over the edge next thing you know i'll be ravishing you on the undoubtedly unsanitary carpet and he just looked at her with a hunger in his eyes pulled her chair close and said tell me what it is you want from me danica explain it to me slow and she tells him what she wants she wants to sleep with him and he thinks to himself fuck it fuck overthinking fuck playing it safe Fox saying no when the yes on the tip of his tongue had never tasted so good. He was going to fuck her and they were going to enjoy it. And that would be enough. Oh, I love it. I love it. He deserves some fun. He does. He gets to try it. And he is like, I just love his intensity when he like says, tell me what you want from me, Danica. Explain it to me. Slow. <laughs> he, yeah. Ugh. It makes me want to get the audiobook to listen to how he talks. Oh my god, it's chilling. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, focus back onto Zaf telling <laughs> Danny about the radio show that he was invited to go on. And he tells her that he's not gonna ask her to go with him. He's not gonna drag her all over the city to advertise his business, you know. And she says that she'll go with him. And he was like, how many people know how kind you are? And I thought that was really cute because she's, yeah, she doesn't hand out kindness easily. She's no, I just, feel like she just kind of puts up like this front, you know, like she's very blunt and honest. And a lot of people can take that the wrong way, I think. Yeah, she's like a casual straight shooter. Yeah. So she starts getting a little awkward and tells him that she is not nice. <laughs> yes. Okay. So he tells her about the radio show. Okay. And then after the radio show, they're going to go be doing the boom. Chicka wow wow. After. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's right. I forgot that they, there was that tension there before their mm-hmm. first time. <laughs> that was cute. And oh my gosh. And that radio show was so perfect because they played like the newlywed game or whatever and they got every single question right i know it was adorable i loved it yeah and then i was nervous for them too at first because that was a surprise that wasn't supposed to happen (laughs) i know they were just such good friends they were already in love it was so cute Mm -hmm. (sighs) he goes to her apartment to pick her up for the interview And she answered the door in very short sleep shorts and an oversized t-shirt that's worn so thin it's practically see-through. She also has a tattoo on her butt cheek that said, bite me. And the shorts were cut low enough for him to read it. The quote says, 
He'd bite her all night if she wanted it. He'd kneel at her feet, put his hands on her hips, soft, she'd be so soft, and turn her around slowly, drag down those shorts to expose the full flat curve of her arse, and sink his teeth so fucking gently into that ripe flesh and until every inch of her was marked by him. And obviously he'd stand up, push her against the wall, free his greedy cock, and spread her pussy open. Crammer full of him and rut until he couldn't see, bury his face against her neck, all that lovely skin so bare and vulnerable for him. And holy fuck, his dick was thick and leaking in his jeans, and he really needed to stop this, or they'd never get to the fucking radio station. <laughs> oh my god, their fucking fantasies they had, especially his about her, amazing. So good. He was so dirty. He was. It was amazing. I loved it so much. He was great. Before they leave her apartment, he sees her wall of note cards she has and asks her about it. It's her preparation for her talk of Daughters of the Decadence Symposium. Symposium? That's coming up. And he lets her know that she doesn't bore him when she talks about her work. And that frazzles her too. It's another one of those moments that they have where he's surprising her over being genuinely interested in her and kind, you know? But he insists that he would go watch her speak, and she insists that he'll be bored, and he says, if you're talking, I won't be bored at all. So it's agreed, he's gonna go watch her. And they finally leave, and outside the building where they go to interview at the radio station, he suddenly has a panic attack. This whole scene and the way that Talia Hibbert wrote it, I talked briefly about it in the beginning, it was incredible for me. I loved it, personally. It was in Zach's perspective and then Danny's response. It made me cry. I just relate really well. So he recognized that he was struggling and what was happening. And he started to kind of get upset with himself about it because it had been so long that he had had such a panic attack. But then he stops himself and tells himself that it's okay. And he just drops to the ground right there on the sidewalk and makes himself breathe. And Danny says... I quote, you can tell me later, right now, do what you need to do. And then she proceeds to just sit down right next to him and was there for him when he was ready. It was really touching and sometimes that's really all that you need is to have someone just, you know, quietly sitting there being there for you. And I wish more people understood that, you know, not being like, what's your problem? What is going on with you? Making you just kind of feel worse about yourself. And she also says, I quote, no one can be fine all the time. So we'll stay here while you're busy being not fine and we won't move until you're done. And that's okay. And once he's calmed down, he opens up to Danny about how his dad and brother were in a car crash and died. He was at practice and was told by a reporter who asked him how he felt about the tragic death of his father and brother and Zaf punched him and broke his nose. And after that is when he kind of fell into a clinical depression and really started to struggle with anxiety even more. It had been something that he had struggled with his whole life, but I think that kind of triggered it to be more so. And on top of that, Zaf was one of the few Muslim rugby players and received more attention than he felt was warranted from the press already because of that and had that extra pressure as it seemed like they were just waiting for him to mess up. So he explains to Danny that their fake dating helps change the way people look at him Rather than associate him with his father and brother's death, they associate him with Danny 
this cute nerdy professor who was rescued out of the elevator. So before they go into the radio station, she gives him a garnet necklace that she was wearing. Tells him that it brings balance, strength, and courage. And he accepts it and puts it in his pocket. And later in the interview, she sees him rubbing it when they're talking with the guy. The host. The radio show host. Yeah. I love stones. I know. It was really sweet that he did too, like, just balk at her and like, are you serious? You believe in this stuff? Because, you know, that's a, that's a common reaction to people who don't believe in witchcraft and like crystals and all of that jazz. He just accepted that it was there to help and he just let it do its job. Mm-hmm. And she saw it, which I thought was so sweet. Yeah. The interview goes really well, even when they're surprised with the game that they have to guess their favorites. One of the questions was, I can remember on the top of my head, was how does Danny take her tea? And they were like panicking for a second there. And then they got it right. Yep, because she gets him coffee and he knows what tea she gets every morning because she always gets him coffee. You know, they were just kind of like putting all of these things that they knew about each other together and seeing each other a little bit differently. And they had already discussed that they wanted to bone at this point. So it just kind of, it just adds that layer of anticipation. They are hashtag couple goals. Every single question, right. Very revealing about how much they care about each other and pay attention to each other. And she learns that Zaf reads her articles even that she writes and she is so shocked and flattered and impressed that he would read her stuff because most of her family and friends don't really read her stuff. Mm-mm. It's really cute because he admits he's like, yeah, you use big words and kind of make me feel dumb, but I get the gist of it. And I really like reading your work. It's very interesting. <laughs> yeah, he's so sweet. Yeah. So they go back to her apartment and she reveals to him that she's a witch. And that is what all of her crystals, plants and the statue of her deity are for. Her maternal grandmother was Anobia. Is that how you say it? Um, I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly. But her maternal grandmother was an Obeya woman, which was a spirituality that started with enslaved Africans and the Caribbeans. Danny practices kind of like a hodgepodge. She describes it as of modern witchiness, just kind of whatever feels like. And she told him that she asked Oshan to send her him and he says Danica fucking Brown a woman who does not need divine assistance finding someone to shag on a regular basis mm-hmm. and then it's time to shag baby <laughs> but first they set some ground rules which I thought was really good and really cute it's when I realized that this was fake dating you know they're gonna have sex and try not to fall in love these are Danny's conditions of their agreement one Make me come. Two, don't catch feelings. And three, don't spend the night. And Zaf thinks to himself, no matter how hard he rationalized this, Zaf was barreling headfirst into meaningless sex with a woman he accidentally started to adore. And she goes on to explain that, I quote, I've attempted romantic relationships before and it never ends well. She goes on to explain that she's too work-focused and does not say the right things that she should in a romantic relationship and she doesn't remember anniversaries and she finds excessive affection obnoxious etc etc she just doesn't like relationships zaf tells her relationships shouldn't be that way he says priorities that don't match punishments for being yourself that's not how a relationship should be 
He continues saying, people harp on about compatibility for a reason. If you're family and work, you just need someone who feels the same way. Someone who admires that about you. And she just tells him she has no idea how he isn't married yet. Honestly, this man's a fucking catch and he's 31 years old? What the fuck? (laughs) I know. Tortured rugby player. Teaching emotional maturity to the youth. God, he's so hot. (laughs) (laughs) And now it's time for Zaf's conditions. First, we can't do this forever. They're going to end it in three weeks. And his second condition, I quote, I get that you want casual, but as long as we do this, Danica, no one touches you but me. Oh my God. We love a possessive man. So sexy. All aboard the sexy train. (laughs) Yes. Here's their first go around. And I'll tell you, Danny is a horny monster. And Zaf is here to ease. Fucking love it. Jesus. (laughs) When his other hand needed her arse with shameless hunger, he flooded her pussy in response. She says to him, are you a sex wizard? (laughs) She felt his teeth graze her skin, biting gently as per the tattoo's instructions. One of his hands slid between her thighs, his finger nudging her clit. Dan's whole body jerked so hard and so sudden that he wrapped an arm around her hips to keep still. Danny realized it was entirely possible, maybe even likely, that Zap had sold his soul to some dark god in exchange for incredible oral sex skills. The feel of him burying his face in her pussy was fucking intoxicating, and his tongue made her knees weak, and the arm he wrapped around her upper thighs was the only thing keeping her upright. The twist of need inside her grew tighter and tighter until the pressure was too much. She did exactly as he had asked. She screamed. And she was shook by his penis. She was left speechless. Here's the quote. It was thick and dark and curved, slightly to the left, the head shining with precum, a fine vein pulsing along the underside, and that practically begged for her tongue. He repeated his hard upward thrust and held her in place, and she could do nothing but take it again, again, again. And then she screamed and tightened so impossibly around him, he didn't have hope in hell of holding back. His orgasm tore down his spine and through his aching balls, his cum releasing in hot, almost painful spurts. I just gotta say, reading that to write for this quote, I really like the way she described his orgasm. I don't know. Yeah, you like the visual kind I of like bodily the representation. Yeah, I like his orgasm tore down his spine and through his aching balls. I don't have balls, but I can kind of, you know, imagine on like how that might feel. <laughs> yeah, like a tightening and like, pumping sensation. Ugh, like I can just feel that whole sensation traveling down his whole body and like being released. Good for him. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so After this, there are no more late night phone calls between them because every night around nine o'clock when Danny is done working, Zaf goes to her place and fucks her and they kiss, but definitely not cuddle because Danny doesn't do that. It's not really cuddling if she's masturbating and he's whispering things like, go on, sweetheart. I've got you. Fuck. I love how you love to come. Good Lord. So so fucking hot. I don't know how many times I can say it. I can't say it enough. Uh uh-uh, uh, it's so good. I just, I've, I mean, real life experience, that's a good time. Yeah. 
Zaf has totally embraced his feeling for Danny at this point, and she is trying really hard to push her feelings down. And there's a point in this story where Danny tells him that she's drowning in her own blood, so no sex that night. And he's super worried at first because she tells him it's her period, and he brings her some yummy takeout, which was super cute. She was like, why is he coming over here if we're not going to have sex? And he wants to push the boundaries with her and see. Yeah, he pushes the boundaries with her to try and get her to maybe think about the idea of being in a real relationship with him. And she asks him to wait. There's still no talk about feelings or sleeping in the same bed. So, so. Yeah. And they're concerned that her period is going to take up some extra time of their three weeks. <laughs> they're like, we've only got like 10 days left of our agreement here. Yeah. <laughs> and Danny's talk comes up and it goes so incredibly well. Zaf is recognized by someone and tells the man basically to fuck off so that he can hear his girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> and he comes to the realization that he loves Danny. Danny ends up getting to talk to her hero and as holly in the restroom after the talk and holly tells her that she really enjoyed her panel and talking with her and holly gives her some advice for you know the future take care of yourself and that there's value in things that bring you joy cough cough zaff (laughs) (laughs) um i mean that's the first thing that danny thought about when is said that Mm mm-hmm she immediately thought of Zaf, like the things that brought her joy. And there's this fabulous quote from Inez Holly that we want to share. Major or minor, if something keeps you human when pressure makes you feel like a volcano, hold on to that thing by whatever means necessary. After the talk, she tells Zaf that she had gotten attached the way he makes her feel and in return likes making him smile and that maybe they could keep being not awful together. She wants to take baby steps in their relationship. And then it's sexy time after that little chat about baby steps. (laughs) Hit us, Al. (laughs) She wrapped a hand around his shaft, hot and velvety with that fine thrumming vein along the underside. She eased the fat gleaming head into her mouth, squeezing with her hands as her tongue flicked out to taste him. And the noise Zaf made sounded inhuman. He eased a finger into her wetness, and she took him easily, found herself begging mindlessly for more. So he gave her another and another until she was finally full of him. Zaf was losing control, and he didn't care because Danica was right there with him. She sobbed his name, and she took him deep, sinking her nails into his shoulders, vulnerable to him in a way she had never been before, not once. Something inside of him snapped, shifted, transformed, and all he could do was fuck her. Fuck her. Fuck her. When he couldn't get close enough, deep enough, he pushed Danny onto her back and climbed halfway across the table himself. She came really hard soon after, and right then, I quote, He came harder than he ever fucking had, which wasn't exactly surprising. And the table collapsed beneath them, which was. (laughs) Uh, They fucked so hard on the table, it broke! Yeah. So but he had such time. amazing rugby skills that he they didn't fall down, too. He picked her up really fast and stood back up. Yeah, it was... <laughs> <laughs> it was impressive. It was a good scene. And then their sexy time has come to an end, and he insists that she stay with him, and she does. So that's their first time spending and sleeping a night together. 
and this is the next morning. Danny tells Zaph about her ex Mateo and what a dick he was. He was the last person she had really fallen in love with. Then he decided that that was the best moment to try and convince her that she can do relationships and that he's in love with her. She tells him. She tells. No, he. I'm sorry. I'm getting heated. He tells her that she's in love with him in that moment. And now get the fucking cue. The second act breakup. Right. I was waiting. <sighs> Things were going way too well for that fake dating. Because she convinced herself and tells Zach that he's deluded himself into thinking that he's in love with her because they've been fake dating and blurring lines. And she tells him they had tried and gets the heck out of his place and starts crying. Yeah. Zaph is talking with his sister-in-law, Kiernan, about what happened and says, bottom line is, I think I hurt her by going too far, too fast. And I definitely hurt myself. That's such a good quote. Yeah. It is, uh, so many, see, so many fucking good quotes. Meanwhile, Danny is hysterically sobbing, surrounded by her sisters, and Sorsha says, I quote, you're not supposed to use random happenings as an excuse to avoid dealing with what you really want. You're supposed to pay attention to what resonates. You're supposed to take a fucking hint. (laughs) Danny Brown? get it together and calls her grandmother for advice on getting him to forgive her and she basically says she knows him best and that no one can really help so after a few failed attempts at bringing Zaph coffee at work he had called in sick for a few days which he never does she gets Jamal's phone number which is Zaph's best friend and asks him for help and he agrees and I liked that part because the chapter ends on a cliffhanger and then you get put into Zaf's point of view Mm -hmm. and Jamal takes Zaf for a walk and they end up at the rugby field they coach at and Danny's in there and he's shocked. She tells him that she loves him and apologizes. I was scared and used that as an excuse to hurt you. I thought I had everything figured out, but I really don't. I do know for a fact that I trust you. I believe you when you say you love me and I love you too. And she goes on to say more I don't ever want to hurt you to protect myself. I want to be brave, which is just such another good quote. I know. It really, this book had me reflecting a lot. It's so, so sweet. Yeah. She had decorated the goalposts on the rugby field with red and white carnations and told him that they represent love and Mm -hmm. and that she had read some of his romance novels and they gave her ideas. Oh my god. I fucking love her. Ah. Now we're at the epilogue. It's one year later. Danny's practicing a new work-life balance. Has hobbies. Zaf is on the local amateur rugby team. And one day he gets home from practice and Danny was locked into her room that evening. And rather than jumping his bones like she normally would, like immediately when he walked in the door, she stayed in there. So he showered and cooked dinner. And after that... She finally opens the door and gives him a sweet romantic letter. It's for their anniversary and she remembered. She then shows him that she had spent the last eight months going to conventions and tracking his favorite authors down to get his romance book signed. I quote, You make me feel like myself and you make me feel like I would be just fine without you. The thing is, I don't want to be without you and so I don't ever plan on it. We are going to have many more anniversaries and you will continue to make me dinner, and I will continue to make you smile. So sweet. And then they live happily ever after. Yep. It was incredible. It was a good book. It was so, so good. Al, 
Yeah. Do you think Zafir Ansari was a book boyfriend husband? I'm not even going to say a garbage can because then we can't be friends anymore. <laughs> He's a book husband, that's for sure. For sure, I agree. He is a sweetie. He's way too good. Ugh. He is, so is he like a cinnamon roll? He's kind of a cinnamon roll, isn't he? Yeah. I don't, I don't really know much about that term, but that's the warm and soft vibes. And gooey, and like he still has like that dirty, dirty talk in his envisions, like his fantasies. Sexy. Yeah. He's so hot. He's. Mm. So what would be your spice rating? Uh, I would probably give this like a two and a half pepper spice because there wasn't like a lot of sex in it. I think there were more like fantasies about one another and the way they were written were super, super well. It was great. Yeah, yeah. there was a, a little bit of like alluding to sex and like Fade to Black, you know, like they mentioned in that one quote, quote that she would like masturbate after they had had sex and it sounded like she did that like regularly yeah it was like it's fade to black like they had sex a lot like every night but it was only described a couple of times i think if there were maybe one or two more sex scenes i would give it a three pepper spice yeah so two and a half i agree it's like almost three peppers because it is so dirty Mm -hmm. but not quite yeah what did you rate this book it's a five star obviously fucking made yeah. me cry i loved both of the characters so much i was laughing so much in this book it was great the writing was phenomenal too like the i don't know i need to read her other books that aren't in the series i want to compare them yeah i hadn't read another book by her since chloe brown and i remembered that i loved chloe brown and i wish i had read this book sooner and i, I know wish me too i, I was too afraid more. though <laughs> I love Chloe Brown so much. I was too afraid because I was afraid it wouldn't live up to Chloe Brown and I'd be disappointed, but I was not. The way the anxiety was portrayed, I know we talked about that earlier, but there was a scene where Chloe was about to do her talk at the panel with Inez Holly, and she was having a panic and Zaf was the one that wasn't for like one of the few times that he is throughout the book. And he mm-hmm. was there to calm her down and use his techniques with her and she you know took his lead and really let him help was so vulnerable for her in that moment and that was like when she was just before she got that private moment in the bathroom with Inez Holly and I just thought it was so beautifully written how they supported each other it was it was so great I can't think of better words but it was amazing fantastic incredible great (laughs) wonderful it was really, really, really phenomenal. It was a great story. Like, everybody needs to read these books. <laughs> yeah, both of them. They're just as good as each other, I would say. I would say so, too. And with that, I think that wraps up this week's episode of Books with Spice, Please. So thank you all for listening. And join us next Tuesday when we read Sinner by Sierra Simone. Yeah, another series. I'm excited to keep going. I know. We did that book. We did the first book, Priest in January and now we're gonna do Sinner and then the next book as well next month in April so that's exciting we're just gonna keep plugging along you'll see what we'll be reading along the way we are live on Instagram for Friday Night Spice at 6 p.m pacific standard time 9 p.m eastern standard time every Friday when we talk about this week's podcast with y'all be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and do all the engagement things. Talking with y'all and seeing what you think about these books and topics is why we're here.
And don't forget, you can also find us on TikTok, Facebook, and anywhere you can find podcasts. You may also find us on the WeTube and YouTube. <laughs> See you next week. <laughs> Until then. Stay, stay spicy. spicy.